The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. Relationships can be both the most fulfilling aspect of life and the most challenging. We achieve fulfillment because we experience ourselves in a myriad of expressions. However, we also experience challenging issues because we are presented with opportunities to get triggered, have reactions, and learn soul lessons. With me today are life coaches, breathwork experts, and also astrological coaches, Ken and Renee Kaiser. They are co-authors of A Path to Freedom, Using Rebirthing and Astrology for Emotional Healing. Also, they are teaching faculty at InterVisions Institute for Spiritual Development, created by Ayanna Van Zant, and also were writers for the Ayanna Show, Starting Over. Welcome, Ken and Renee, to 1111 Talk Radio. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's a pleasure Thank to be you. here. You know, relationships can be challenging, and so often people wonder why they ended up in certain families or how they keep attracting certain partners or what it is that they need to do to uh, change other people. And and sometimes, is that the case? Or are we needing to change other people? Oh, boy, is that a trap. Um, one, of the more, one of the more difficult aspects of relationships is learning how to make peace with your partner because what I notice myself I'm I'm pretty resistant to change and what I notice is the people I've gotten involved with were pretty resistant to change so the challenge is, is it's not so much about feeling love for other people because I think that part comes very easy um, the where it really gets tricky is can you spend time together without getting on each other's nerves without making the other person wrong without trying to make them be something that we think they should be. And what we've noticed, of course, in our own relationship as well as in the people that we work with, is that it's never about the other person, Imran. It's always about ourselves, and we can spend a little time exploring why that is. So the important thing is to understand ourselves first before we start going out there and trying to change the other. But so often people want to point that finger, and it's so difficult for them to realize that it is about the self. So at what point in a relationship does the real red flag go up, or how does someone get themselves to a place of awareness that maybe it's not the other person, maybe the work has to be done by me? Well, personally, I think that is the moment that we start feeling even any irritation, much less anger. Um, because that's usually an indication that when I get upset that something's not pleasing me. And what I find is it's very easy to, to put that on other people around us. Um, but most of the time I think the other person is trying the best they can to make the relationship work too. I mean, occasionally I've bumped into people who were trying to sabotage relationships, the relationship they were in, but that's not normally the case. I think we're all trying the best we can, and it's more about learning how to accept other people than it is to change them. Ooh, I love to blame other people, Simran. I love to. However, I know better, because once I start blaming another, then that puts me in the role of a victim. And when I am a victim, and I will start thinking victim thoughts of blame and shame and guilt and all those wonderful, ugly things. And as I become more of a victim, that's what I start to create. 
create in my life. So if I can stop blaming others and stop taking a victim role, I can begin to start turning myself inward and start looking at what do I want to change about myself? Where am I not pleasing myself? Well, and coming from the both of you, you've been married for a long time, you work together, which I would find uh, is probably a, a place where challenge could occur. You know, it's, it's one thing to live with a person, but to also live and work with a person creates such close dynamics all the time. So as relationship experts and, and individuals that support others in all types of relationships, not just uh, partner relationships, but mother-daughter or sibling or even friend-type uh, relationships, how do you cope when issues come about or you get triggered by one another? <laughs> Good question. It's been a challenge at times. Um, we're both pretty headstrong people, and we both like to be in charge and learning how to share the power when we're co-leading a group, for instance, has really taken uh, some, some consciousness and some effort on our part to make room for the other person. And we've made relationship a life study. So we kind of used our, our relationship as sort of a petri dish, if you will, of relationships to see how we could resolve things without having to get angry or blame the other for what was ever going on. And so we've used other people. We've studied it for many, many years. We've been together for over 21 years so, um, and working together. So we have used this time to really begin to understand the dynamics of how you can heal yourself because we believe that relationships are just the hottest place to go if you want to do self-healing. And when we have those relationship issues that come up and, and it becomes that hot spot, uh, is the person in front of us that's triggering us, is, is that the place of the issue? Is, is that a reflection of a past issue? Or is it really a reflection of a place uh, inside of us that uh, is being mirrored? Uh, I would say B and C. Um, what I find is most of the time when people get to adulthood, and they start having problems or challenges or complaints about a relationship, um, generally they are repeating a pattern that started way back, uh, typically in childhood, not always, but usually it's childhood issues that were not resolved. And I want to specify that piece because we all resolve certain amounts of, of, of that stuff as time goes on. And what we found is that love brings up everything unlike itself, for the purpose of healing. And that's why sometimes the most uh, powerful love relationships also bring up the most powerful challenges. And it's usually unresolved business from an earlier time. Now, you say love brings up something unlike itself for unresolved healing. What does that mean, love brings up something unlike itself? When we open up to love, we don't just open up the positive feelings that we have inside. We, all, we open up all of our feelings. And one of the things that happens in childhood is that we learn from the people who raise us uh, a version of love. Now, sometimes what happens is that love also included being criticized or being ignored or being abandoned. And not having the maturity at that time in life we just sort of throw it all in one pile. So as we go through later relationships, if that material has not been resolved, what happens is it gets triggered again when we open deeply to another person. Whatever our deepest beliefs about, beliefs about love are, those are what start to come up in current relationships. And that's why sometimes people have a real split experience. They, they can see clearly what they ought to be doing while they watch themselves do something totally different. And that's another indication that some old unfinished business is getting triggered by the love in the current relationship. And what we really mean by that is it's not necessarily a conscious thing you're doing. It's in your subconscious. It's decisions you may have made at 5, 6, 13, 14, another earlier age about what love means and it's not necessarily a conscious choice you have made. And the new love is bringing up all those memories and all those choices and decisions 
you made about love. Some people think whenever I love, I must be abandoned because perhaps a parent left when they were early, when they were in early childhood, or you can name any number of things. But it's a pattern, and it starts in childhood, and then you continue the pattern subconsciously after that. And so often people think that they have tackled certain issues and don't realize that sometimes there's deeper levels of the onion that we need to go to. I am speaking with Ken and Renee Kaiser, expert breath practitioners, expert spiritual life coaches, and also astrological consultants. You can contact them at centerforawareness.com. We will be right back in a few minutes to find out a little bit more. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Marissa, are you ready yet? I know you can hear me. You are not missing school again. Marissa! You trying to be a nobody or something? Let's go! Alright then. Hit it. You can hear this. Hey guys, move closer. That's it. Girl, I am not leaving. Hey, whatever it takes, don't let your friends drop out. A real friend can make all the difference. Cut that noise, yo! I'm coming! Took you long enough. Thanks for the help, guys. For more ways to help, Go to OperationGraduation.com, a public service message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Dad, let's sing that bedtime song. Rock-a-bye, baby, by Newton's treetop. His first law of motion, make sure you won't stop. The same rules of physics apply to a ball. While gravity is a force that makes things fall. By the sixth grade, many girls lose interest in math and science, but it's never too early to set your daughter's future in motion. For some simple ideas, go to girlsgotech.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Girl Scouts of USA and Ad Council. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. As we begin to consciously approach our lives and our journeys, we discover that there's an onion, onion in which we need to peel back layers. And within this onion, we discover that there are many aspects within us that need to be unfolded and recognized and honored. Relationships allow us to do that. They bring to us the mirrors of people, experiences, and contrasts to support us in gaining a deeper expression of who we are. 
I am here with Ken and Renee Kaiser, spiritual life coaches, breathwork facilitators, and astrological facilitators. And they are writers also for 1111 Magazine. One of their quotes is, Authentic self-expression that is constructive and not destructive is a delicate blend of several desirable character traits. First and foremost of those is a full self-awareness. It is extremely difficult to be true to self without knowing the deepest aspects of one's nature. One of the techniques that you utilize, Ken and Renee, is is astrology. And even in your, your book, A Path to Freedom, Using Rebirthing and Astrology for Emotional Healing, you state that astrology is a tool that we can assist ourselves in knowing more about who we are. How do you use that and you know, what is astrology all about? You know, most people, they're familiar with it in the magazines or the newspapers, the little clippings, but what is astrology really? Well, the full version of astrology is, is quite a bit more in-depth than what you will find in most magazines and newspapers. Um, we all know our sun sign, and certainly there's some relevance to personal behavior based on your sun sign, but there are also other placements in the chart, in, a, in each individual person's chart, that will really flesh out the picture of who we are in the sense of our basic pattern. Uh, it's sort of our default, our, our view of life, our perspective of life. Uh, the chart reflects the kind of people we are likely to be, but it really doesn't force somebody to be that way. However, it's, it is the line of least resistance. So there's a lot of good information that can be pulled out of a, a, an astrology chart. It's just another one of the many paradigms you have in order to seek a little deeper, peel a little more of that onion away, and it can also be very, um, can be a lot of fun to be playing around with astrology, but it's an ancient, ancient tool that's been around for thousands of years, and a lot of people have based a lot of important decisions on astrology, and they've been right. Now, is astrology something that is designed by the stars that is set in stone, or is this something that describes our potential, our choices? Do we have some free will? How does this really affect us when we're looking at a chart or coming to someone like you and actually having a a charting done to better understand ourselves? My perspective is that it is a starting point, um, and it's sort of the raw material that we can use to build something, relationships, career choices, uh, uh, families, that sort of thing. So my view of it is that, yes, absolutely, there is free choice involved. That's not universal, though, even among astrologers, so that's something you want to check if you're going to look at getting your chart done. So if you are a person that wants to know your chart and uh, let's say a child or a spouse or a parent, so that you can better understand who they are and who you are. Uh, how do we stay away from saying, oh, that's what their chart says, I knew they were a Leo or a Gemini or a Pisces, so that's why they act that way. So I, I'm fine just how I am because it's all of their fault. How do we well, not turn it yeah, back on them? That's, that inherent in that are some truths and some fallacies. Uh, there are characteristics uh, for certain signs, for instance, Leo, like you mentioned. But it's easy, too, to use that as a way to be a victim of that person rather than taking responsibility how we respond to those people. And the truth is, aside from family, we choose our relationship. So we don't have to keep being victim of people we don't like for somebody who keeps showing up in relationships where the other person refuses to acknowledge them or there's a constant chronic kind of problem that shows up over the course of different relationships, the person themselves might want to look at the choices that they're making rather than blame that on the stars. And the stars are not the ones that are predicting this and and making this happen. It's just a paradigm, another way of looking at your emotional, psychological potential as a person. And you said a very important point, Ken, that I'd like to go back to, because you said that when you're pointing the finger at someone else and you're saying, you're looking at the chart and saying that's where they are, that you're in a sense becoming a victim of the other person. So you're kind of giving away your power by saying that's how they are, so they're going to treat me this way. Well, yes. If, if it comes down to uh, something that is hard to deal with in your own life, 
that's becoming a victim of it. Um, generally, though, people pick others because there are certain things that they do like. Uh, I happen to be married to a Leo woman, so apparently I do <laughs> like something about Leos. And sometimes they can be hard to deal with, and I've learned to build that into my experience of her so it doesn't come up as a complaint. So how does that not become a judgment and just become an acceptance or a knowing? Well, that takes some conscious thinking on your part. You can't just point a finger and say, oh, they're a Scorpio or they're a Sag, and Sages always do this and Scorpios always do this, and, of course, our own Leos always do this. What you have to do is be able to be willing to step back and say, okay, I chose to like or be with or have around me different sun signs. Why did I choose them? What is that about for me? What am I looking at? What am I going for in my own life? And what attracted me to it in the first place? And let's look at that because there's some unconscious things that happen in relationships sometimes. What we do is we train people how to treat us in relationships. That's, that's what goes on. Now, we talked about earlier some level of unfinished business that most people carry into adulthood, and part of that is that we will actually train people how to mistreat us based on our history. So sometimes laying it on the astrology chart is, is true to the degree that we believe we deserve certain kinds of treatment for other people. Now, that doesn't have to be tied just to the chart because I notice people do that whether or not they know the other person's chart, um, but it's about finishing up that unfinished business so that it doesn't keep coming up as a distraction to the love. And that unfinished business that we have, uh, certain areas that we chose to come here to learn, does that show up in our chart? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. Um, it, it's usually pretty clearly defined. What I don't know when I look at just the chart without talking to the person, I don't know how far along they are in working those challenges out. So it takes a certain amount of interviewing the person to find out where they are with certain things because there are some pretty intense astrological combinations that I've seen in different people have very different levels of mastery of, of those challenges. And in the same vein where there are challenges that show up in an astrological chart, then the potentiality, uh, the limitless beingness of a person would also show up. Absolutely. And the way, the easiest path perhaps to um, resolve some of those challenges and patterns Mm -hmm. can be shown in the chart. One of the things, too, I don't want to scare people with the thing about the negative energy in the chart, but the... The thing about the big challenges in a person's chart is that's also where some of the most magnificent uh, successes can come, too. And, and, and it, it is in the same symbology. The symbology that represents challenges can also be an indication that there is tremendous accomplishment that can come from that. And sometimes that can even scare people because if you're looking at a chart and you're definitely uh, recognizing or resonating with places that you are, and so often we can become self-critical and we tend to see our negative spots or our failure spots first, to hear that we're powerful or to hear that there's some potentiality that we haven't tapped into, uh, how does one overcome the fear and really allow themselves to experience that? Well, one of the things I see very, very common pattern I see is that as children, sometimes we are trained to uh, not be as alive as we could be because it's difficult for the parent, for our parents to handle us when we are so alive. And what that comes down to in adulthood sometimes is that it turns into a fear of success because we're afraid still, probably on the unconscious level, that if we're too alive or too successful, then we, we will be criticized or rejected by those people who are important to us. Which leads us to another very important point, which is sometimes out of our childhood experiences and what we have made up about how people like the adults reacted to us as children and teachers and various other authority figures, we set up an expectation of other people. And not consciously, unconsciously, we can often begin to expect them to treat us badly. For example, uh, if I love someone and a parent has left 
me early in childhood, I might expect someone that I love to leave me at some point. And so we create that and allow that to show up in the chart, perhaps. Ken and Renee Kaiser masterfully combine powerful conscious breathing techniques with spiritual life coaching as a tool to support people in unraveling long-standing challenges in any area of life. They facilitate both individual and group sessions with equal skill so that people find lasting inner peace, security, and passion. They can be reached at the thecenterforawareness.com. And we'll be right back to learn a little bit more about astrology, rebirthing, and a path to freedom. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice, what if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. 200 years ago, Lewis and Clark discovered the West. That is, if you don't count the millions of American Indians who discovered it first. Because Lewis and Clark left one civilization only to find dozens of others that, despite everything, are still here today. Walk with Lewis and Clark at lewisandclark200.org and see what you discover, because their trail winds through us all. This is a public service message of the National Council of the Lewis and Clark Bicentennial, the Missouri Historical Society, and the Ad Council. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. SkillsUSA can help. What is SkillsUSA? SkillsUSA is life-changing. SkillsUSA is awesome. SkillsUSA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. SkillsUSA is amazing. SkillsUSA is motivating. SkillsUSA specifically prepares you for the workforce. SkillsUSA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at SkillsUSA.org. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. What does being authentic look like and how do we function authentically? One dramatic model among countless other similarly useful models is the 12 astrological signs. There are similarities in all of us and there are definite differences nicely illustrated in the zodiac. One truism about the signs is that each succeeding one is like an antidote to the preceding one because they are so different. There is kind of a direction, Ken and Renee, as far as uh, certain dates are, are symbolized by the signs and called certain things. And are we moving through the signs? Are we placed in a certain sign around certain people? How, how is all this created? Are we creating this before we get here? Are we setting our stars in place? Wow, you're going deep. Um... My understanding is that it's not so much about following the zodiac as much as it is following the soul's growth, and that we do set up situations to reflect the challenges, the opportunities that we want to address when we come in each succeeding life, Uh, and the chart is a reflection of the kinds of Let's say we narrow down the range of possibilities when we choose our chart. 
that's that's my that's my best understanding of it. And it's also a way for our it's like a mapping out of the challenges but also the soul's lessons, what we want to go. We're always going for the highest thought, the highest soul journey. And our chart is sort of a reflection of those decisions our soul has made. Well, and speaking of a chart, if you look at an astrological chart or someone that has created one such as you do, Ken and Renee, for for people, if you look at one, for for many people it would be very overwhelming. You know, they look very pretty. There's lots of symbols and degrees and all kinds of things, and there's all these names. There's signs, there's nodes, there's chirons. (laughs) What do all these things mean? I mean, is it... It seems like you need to have a special degree just to interpret the chart. Uh, it took me a couple of years of pretty intense reading to get start to get a perspective on on the, the craft. Let's call it that. Um, very simply put, the the ten quote planets because they call the moon a planet to uh, represent different aspects of our personality. And there's some pretty simple ones like the sun is the masculine planet, represents our masculine side, our experience of men and our fathers. Uh, the moon similarly represents the feminine side, their experience of mom and other important females, and our own feminine side. Uh, Venus is, is sort of an echo of the moon, represents value systems and the, the ability to our love style, how we give and receive love. Mars, of course, is, is pretty well understood in, in the culture as a, the planet of aggression and uh, physical energy, and that that comes from the masculine side. And each each of the other planets has has its own role in the uh, whole of the chart. And how they relate to each other and what position they are in also has a role. So it does. It takes a number of years, and there are hundreds of books on astrology out there, which gives you an idea of how in-depth this can be. So it's really supportive to have a, a facilitator help you understand it and move through it. And as people encounter challenges or even the highs in their life, uh, they can use an astrological chart to be a tool to support them through? Well, that's a little different use of the chart, and that's called transits, which is comparing the planetary positions now to a person's birth chart. And what that does is it gives us a sense of the change in a person's life, the area that's affected, uh, the, the kind of change that it is, and more or less how long that period will be. And you can think of it in terms of windows of opportunity. Um, and usually with opportunity, there comes some work. It, it involves some work. So that's sort of the high and low of, of change. I mean, realistically, nobody likes change. We might like the results of change. But change itself sometimes can be real challenging for people. And the chart can absolutely help you um, with those changes and knowing what's coming up. Sometimes it can give you a sense of the different challenges, the different types of, we like to call it, energies that are playing out in your life. But there are many ways you you can work with this. The main thing is to take responsibility for your own journey, whatever you're listening to and whatever is guiding you begin to trust yourself and look within with the help of whatever you whatever tool you choose on the outside is to look within and see what makes you happy, what makes you grow, what makes you feel that you are on purpose in your life and authentic with yourself, which means being honest. <laughs> Absolutely and, and and we also are allowed to use many different tools, that that the birth chart is the blueprint of the soul's intent. It, it becomes a hologram encoded with information so that we can use that as self-awareness. But when you coach people, and you've written, uh, published a book called A Path to Freedom, using rebirthing and astrology for emotional healing. So it's all right to use different techniques to help you move through situations. So how does the coaching and the astrology and then using the rebirthing technique, how does that support someone in becoming more empowered and having better relationships? Well, to me, there are two important aspects of of conscious change and growth. One is an understanding of the the job ahead, what what is up. Uh, The other is the emotional course, the corresponding emotional part of that, 
And uh, because we also have to accommodate how we feel about what we think. Um, so astrology to me is more or less a diagnostic tool. It's a great way to get a sense of a picture of place, of the place we're in now. But astrology itself is not the work. The work is to investigate evidence of subconscious patterns that are creating disruption in our lives. And, you know, there's a truism that a certain percentage of who we are is unconscious to us, which can be a real challenge. If it's unconscious to us, how do we find out what it is? Well, our unconscious beliefs play out, too, just as strongly as our conscious beliefs. So what's happening in our lives is the reflection of what's going on consciously and unconsciously. And so what we do with breath work is that it is a way to dissolve the suppression of awareness so that we start becoming more aware of our deeper impulses, sometimes darker impulses, uh, so that we can resolve those and stop experiencing the disruption that is created by those negative beliefs. And the breath work, what the breath work does is it, it brings us back into alignment with who we really are. And coaching can help us too because we will begin to, in coaching we always are exploring what's underneath choices we are making that are bringing us perhaps a challenge or perhaps unhappiness. What's underneath all of that? Why do we continue to make choices that bring us unhappiness? So coaching is also very valuable. There are many ways. All the yogas are like that. If you can get more relaxed, chances are what will come up, what will start bubbling up are deeper reasons why you keep choosing um, probably unsuccessful patterns, for example. And if, if nothing else, so often, well, all relationships are important, but if nothing else, so often it's those very relationships that trigger or challenge us that tend to be the biggest gifts because they at least lead us to feel or lead us to desire to become more self-aware. I absolutely uh, do not believe you can heal without relationships. Relationships are just imperative because they get us to see things that we might not or we might rationalize out of our own minds if we were by ourselves and alone without adult supervision. However, once we get into relationship, we can see exactly, people reflect back to us exactly what we are thinking subconsciously. So often there are many people that will come across a challenging relationship and their answer or reaction to that is to cut off the relationship or break it. And in that particular case, where's the healing or what's, you know, what's going what's gonna to occur to help them reach that level of conscious awareness? Well, the, the, excuse me, the choice to end the relationship or not really isn't the key piece. It's being willing to look at the pattern that keeps surfacing in the succession of relationships. Now, if, if people are willing to address those patterns, they might be able to save the relationship they're in currently if they so desire, or they will certainly be able to create a, health, create a healthier one later as a result of doing that inner work. But that's really the piece that's most important is, is the inner work. And there are a million ways to heal, and perhaps for some people coming to a place where they can rele- release a relationship, particularly in abuse situations, perhaps leaving the relationship and cutting it off, is probably the healthiest thing they can do. And then it's time to go back and start looking at why did I create an abusive relationship in the first place. And so, so often relationships exist for the sake of being let go, and other times relationships exist to allow oneself to seek a, a greater appreciation for the relationship and keep it on. It could go either way. Absolutely. And love love never dies. Once you love someone, that's eternal. That love is not a dying thing. What we change and we we transform are our attachments to certain ways of being, certain types of people. What we can transform is the addictions we have to certain types of behaviors or certain types of people. So it's very different from I love someone. Once I love someone, that's forever. 
However, my attachments, my addictions to certain behaviors, that type of thing, I can transform those anytime. Well, and I find, too, in working with people that when we have those particular people that are so challenging in our lives or particularly abusive or harsh, that actually is also a place where love exists so definitely because those people chose to be who they were just so that we could have the experiences we desired. And sometimes that means they had to live lives where they experienced very difficult challenges. And that is another expression of love. Well, that's part of it. And to be harsh with someone, you have to care about them. See, the uh, opposite of love is not hate or criticism or harshness. It's indifferent. So... The truth is somebody does care if they're getting up in your face. May not it may be uncomfortable how they're expressing their thoughts, but underneath it there is something positive there. We are here with Ken and Renee Kaiser, the Center for Awareness.com. You can also reach them at 301-576-6223. 301-576-6223. We'll be back in just a few minutes to learn a little bit more. Listening on a higher dimension, Seventh Wave Network. Parents, did you know that high school dropouts make 42% less than graduates? Someone will have to make up that difference, and chances are, that will be you. That means paying 42% of their groceries. Ooh, more candy. 42% of their dentist bills. No, no more candy. Even 42% of their therapy sessions. It's all my dad's fault. Save your money. Encourage your kids to stay in school. For help and advice, call 877-F-O-R-A-K-I-D. A message from the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor and sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor and sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back, thanking me for my concerns, and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Hey, how you doing? Educational videos, top quality, right here. You'll never hear anyone selling education on the street. Yo, what's up, baby? Want to learn some history? I got live learning, beautiful books inside. And don't expect anyone to just offer you an education. Who needs a high school diploma, huh? And fortunately, you can't buy a diploma from some guy with a briefcase. But there is one way you can get the educational skills you and your family need for free with free family learning programs. Call 1-877-FAMLET-1 for information on free GED, computer training classes, and other family learning programs. That's 1-877-FAMLIT-1. Check it out, check it out. We your GED right here, guaranteed, ma. Come on, check it out. After all, you can't get your education on the street. Free family learning programs from the National Center for Family Literacy. The first step to a better life. Brought to you by the National Center for Family Literacy and the Ad Council. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You 
You're listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Lisa Roth states that Ken Kaiser's approach facilitated the most effective and efficient self-work she ever experienced. His ability to laser into the real issue supported her in identifying feelings, helping her to remove through resistance, and saved her from an endless life of self-abuse in the form of fear, doubt, and shame. Mike Bristow stated that he can attribute that Ken and Renee Kaiser saved their marriage, helped them reconnect to their son by being the father he and the son both deserved. They helped me to gain confidence in myself at work, and they helped me to pursue my professional life and dreams. A lot of people don't realize, and and there are so many wonderful coaches out there, a lot of people don't realize, number one, what the difference is between coaching and counseling and how supportive and attainable really living the life you desire is if you will allow yourself a coach. Will you talk a little bit about the difference between coaching and counseling? Coaching is about setting intentions and making those come true. And what I find is that um, we all have old thoughts, old beliefs that will distract us, distract our attention from doing the work we need to do to create the results we say that we want. Now, sometimes we say we want those results, but we don't really believe that we deserve them. Part of what coaching is is about um, digging out those pockets of inner resistance so that we can have what we want. And counseling is often about repeating your story over and over until you begin to um, address the issues, the underlying issues. That's not all counseling by any means. And oftentimes we can send clients that we have to counseling and therapy, different forms of therapy, to help them in their process. Coaching is really about moving forward. It's about creating goals and and meeting those goals or finding out if those are really the goals you want to have. And in relation to relationships, so often uh, coaching might be supportive in helping you to see a picture more clearly because we, we tend to be sometimes a little judgmental as human beings or wanting to point the finger. It's, it's so interesting to us when we work with couples particularly. We find that they're often asking for the same thing, but they're not hearing each other. And I always say a good translator is invaluable to have, and we often serve as a very good translator and reinterpret what they are saying to each other so that they can hear it and so help their communication skills as well as begin to go to their underlying patterns. And I find also that coaching supports people in staying more accountable because so often we set goals for ourselves, but if we're the only one that knows about the goal, it's easy to back out of it. Well, that's part of the accountability and the awareness because we, a lot of times we don't realize that we are letting ourselves get distracted by old beliefs. Um, most people have a core negative belief that at times sort of takes over And a lot of times people wake up in the middle of a project or get to the end of a project that doesn't pan out and wonder where they dropped the ball. And part of a good coach is that we are sensitive, we are attentive, we are very aware, and we hear in their language and in their speaking where they set themselves up for failure. And it's our job to uh, bring that to their awareness so they stop doing that to themselves. Coaching can be done by phone and can be done in person. Uh, what about the astrological aspect? Can that be done both ways? Absolutely. Do a lot of work on the phone. And when people are experiencing coaching or astrological uh, counseling, is that something that is done on an individual basis or can couples come together to do that? Uh, we do both and we do both. Uh, we do singles and couples. We do uh coaching and uh, astrological work. Um, it really is up to the person or the couple as far as what they're seeking. Now, sometimes we will um, take couples and work with them individually first to 
to help them get some awareness that part of what they think is about the other person really is about history. It's not about the person in front of them now. And it's been so interesting. Sometimes we find ourselves, I will talk to the to the man in the couple, and Ken will often talk to the lady in the couple, and because we want to, them to get a different experience of what another woman might say or another man might be saying to them, that's the same thing that the husband or wife are trying to say to each other. Right, because sometimes we can't hear the person that's in front of us, regardless of whether it's a spouse or a parent or a child or a sibling. That voice has become so constant that it's almost... Uh, Tuned out. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like staring at something for a long time. Eventually you get blind to it, and that's what happens on a, on a, a hearing level, too. We often complain about how our children don't listen to us, so sometimes we find ourselves working with parents and children, and we start with the parents and get their underlying awarenesses and subconscious thoughts coming to to their awareness, and the children just start getting better all just automatically. <laughs> as much as we would like to point the finger, relationships are wonderful mirrors of who we are, and what we may need to be acknowledged and celebrated and cleared up coaches can provide. The exterior world provides an intimate close-up to the very topography of the interior landscape. We have had with us today Ken and Renee Kaiser, regular contributing writers to 1111 Magazine from the centerforawareness.com. Join us next week when our guest is Judith Orloff, the author of Emotional Freedom. I'm Simran Singh, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.